Coming up this week, GM is spy testing a Tesla Model S plan. Vietnamese automaker VinFast has eyes on North Carolina. Chinese automakers see a surge in deliveries and more. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 103 of the EV Resource Podcast. I'm Zach Hurst, and each week I bring you the latest EV news, information, and interviews with industry experts. Before we get started this week, I do want to correct something from the last episode. In a bit of laziness, I didn't bother to look up the pronunciation of the SUV from Lotus and embarrassingly chose instead to risk butchering the name rather badly, and I did. So, to correct myself, it's actually pronounced Eletra, not Eletre or <laughs> anything else. When I'm wrong, I don't mind admitting it, and in this case, I was very wrong. Okay, so on to the news, and starting us off is a story from GM Authority regarding some activity near a GM testing facility in Michigan. Their photos show Tesla vehicles, a Model S Plaid and a Model 3, with GM vehicle inventory barcodes on them, and they say that GM was testing the summon feature, among other things. Testing competitors' vehicles isn't something new, but it is interesting that GM would be focusing on the top-of-the-line performance vehicle from Tesla. One could safely assume that their experience and knowledge gained will lead to greater performance in GM vehicles, and there is talk about the upcoming Cadillac Celestique as well as possibly a future Chevy Corvette that would be electric. You would definitely expect GM to throw the best performance at the latter there. As far as testing the summon feature, it would be very fascinating to see if GM adds something comparable to their Super Cruise suite of advanced driver assistance features. I and many others have found Tesla's smart summon to be somewhat gimmicky and useful in very rare situations. So who knows? Maybe GM is just thinking that it's pretty cool and it's fun to play with. One thing is for certain, GM is getting ready to really ramp up their EV offerings and production, so getting information on the competition is a must. Moving on, the American Lung Association says EVs save lives. Okay, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone listening to this podcast, but the reason I wanted to highlight this story this week is because of the numbers. In a new report, the ALA claims that switching to EVs would result in significant health and financial benefits for the nation. It claims that if all passenger vehicles were electric by 2035 and all heavy-duty trucks by 2040, the U.S. would see more than $1.2 trillion in health benefits and result in up to 110,000 avoided deaths, 2.79 million avoided asthma attacks, and 13.4 million avoided lost workdays. So basically, a healthier population leads to less spending on medical conditions and being more productive at work. Sounds like a winner to me. Harold Wimmer, the national president and CEO of the American Lung Association, said, quote, Zero emission transportation is a win-win for public health. Too many communities across the U.S. deal with high levels of dangerous pollution from nearby highways and trucking corridors, ports, warehouses, and other pollution hotspots. Plus, the transportation sector is the nation's biggest source of carbon pollution that drives climate change and associated public health harms. This is an urgent health issue for millions of people in the U.S. The shift to zero emission transportation and electricity generation will save lives and generate massive health benefits across the United States. It is critical that we ensure these benefits are realized in the near term in communities most impacted by harmful pollution today. End quote. 
The research finds that significant benefits from this transition may be concentrated in counties with higher populations of people of color, according to Engadget. For example, the 100 U.S. counties, 3% of all the counties assessed, with the highest percentage of populations of people of color could experience $155 billion in public health benefits, or 13% of the total benefits seen in the national study through 2050. An equitable transition to zero emission transportation and electricity must begin with communities most impacted by harmful pollution today. Clean air is one of the motivations and reasons why I promote electric vehicles, but it wasn't at the start a few years ago. I used to think that I just liked the technology and thought EVs were cool. And while that part of it is still true, it's reports like this over the years that have really resonated with me and showed the significant effect that can be achieved by transitioning away from things that pollute the air where we live. I don't want my kids having avoidable health problems just because of the types of vehicles that are on the road, and I don't want anybody else to suffer either. This is something that can make a very real difference right now, not 100 years from now or longer, but in the next 10 to 15 years, we could see massive benefits. It's not often that I urge all of you to share something, but share this report with everyone, or at least the results from it. Obviously, the report itself is a bit long to go through. Not everybody's going to read that. Um, but we have to let people know how important this is. So I will put a link to it in the show notes. I encourage you guys to read it or at the very least share it out. So it's interesting that as I step down from my little soapbox there to talk about the next bit of news that I take a position that is well as neutral as I can be. At least here publicly on the podcast, I try to avoid making things political. And transitioning to electric vehicles should not be a political issue. But how we get there absolutely can be. And that's where this next story comes from. President Biden will invoke the Defense Production Act in order to encourage domestic production of minerals required to make batteries for EVs and grid storage. It will also help the U.S. minimize dependence on foreign supply chains. The president's order could help companies receive government funding for feasibility studies on projects that extract minerals, including lithium, nickel, cobalt, graphite, and manganese, for EV production. The Defense Production Act, established by President Harry Truman during the Cold War, allows the president to use emergency authority to prioritize the development of specific materials for national production. In a statement by the White House on Thursday, they said, quote, the president will issue a directive authorizing the use of the Defense Production Act to secure American production of critical materials to bolster our clean energy economy by reducing our reliance on China and other countries for the minerals and materials that will power our clean energy future, end quote. The administration also said it's reviewing further uses of the law to secure safer, cleaner, and more resilient energy for America. The transportation sector is one of the largest contributors to U.S. greenhouse gas emissions, representing about one-third of emissions every year. The transition away from gas vehicles to EVs is considered critical to combating human-caused climate change. Next, Tesla has opened its longest supercharger station in the world through a growing partnership with a French supermarket company. 
Fred Lampert of Electrek writes, Tesla is currently growing its supercharger network at an impressive rate. The automaker went from 23,277 superchargers at 2,564 stations at the end of 2020 to 31,498 superchargers at 3,476 stations at the end of last year. So it's growing at a 35% year-over-year pace. However, it is lagging behind vehicle deliveries, which grew 87% during the same period of time, on top of now gradually starting to allow non-Tesla EV owners to use the network. It also lags behind Tesla's own goal to triple the supercharger network in two years. But the automaker is nonetheless deploying new and larger stations at an impressive rate. More stations are similar in characteristics, but Electric tries to track some of the most interesting ones, and a new one opening in France this week is notable for being the longest Tesla supercharger station in the world. Tesla launched a partnership with E. Leclerc, a supermarket in France, to open supercharger stations at their locations. This week, Tesla opened a new V3 supercharger, and it's a 28-stall station, which is big, but it's nowhere near enough stalls to make it, of course, one of the biggest. However, it's configured in a way that makes it the longest supercharger in the world, according to Quentin Venier, Tesla's regional manager for charging infrastructure in France. With all 28 stalls side by side along the side of a building, it does look very long, especially in pictures. The station is also one of a few in France that is open to not just Tesla owners, but all EV owners as part of Tesla's pilot program to open access to the supercharger network. It is expected that Tesla is going to continue accelerating its supercharger station deployment in coming months, especially with its new prefab method that can deploy a new station in days. So this isn't necessarily the biggest news story in the world, but I thought it was pretty cool for a couple of reasons. Hopefully you guys got something out of that as well. Next, Vietnamese automaker VinFast on Tuesday announced a North Carolina EV factory aiming to start production in 2024. First reported by local newspaper The News and Observer, and subsequently confirmed by VinFast, the factory will be located at Triangle Innovation Point Megasite in Chatham County near the capital of Raleigh. According to the company, it will lead in the creation of thousands of jobs. In its press release, VinFast said it will invest about $2 billion in the first phase of construction, which is scheduled to start later this year. Once the factory has reached full capacity, it will be capable of building 150,000 vehicles per year. Green Car Reports shares that the factory will build two of the five EV models the company has shown so far, the VF8 and VF9 SUVs. While the North Carolina factory isn't expected to begin production for almost two years, VinFast previously said that it would still start United States sales before the end of this year. Founded in 2017 as an outgrowth of Vietnamese conglomerate VinGroup, VinFast launched with internal combustion engine vehicles based on hand-me-down BMW platforms. Befitting its name, the company has moved fast since then. In November 2021, it unveiled two prototypes at the Los Angeles Auto Show, announced the establishment of a U.S. headquarters earlier this year, and showed three more models, the VF5, 6, and 7, at the 2022 Consumer Electronics Show. VinFast had mentioned plans for a U.S. factory before, along with one in Germany. The choice of North Carolina gives the state its first large-scale plant. 
The next story is also from Green Car Reports. They say the runway is looking shorter for two new affordable electric vehicles from Toyota and Nissan. And that's because both brands are getting quite close to a sales barrier that will no longer allow buyers to claim the $7,500 federal EV tax credit, which could make quite a difference for those considering a Toyota BZ4X or Nissan Aria, respectively. The credit, called 30D by the IRS, has made a life-changing difference for many families, helping them afford a fully electric vehicle or plug-in hybrid sooner than they otherwise might have. As the biggest consumer incentive put forward by the federal government to help foster the acceptance of EVs, it's broadly supported. And it's helped automakers absorb some of the cost of expensive battery packs, too. Although there's still a chance that a revamped and renewed EV tax credit offering up to $12,500 per vehicle might be adopted, we're still left with the existing tax credit for the foreseeable future. And under its rules, when automakers sell 200,000 qualifying plug-in hybrids or EVs, they trigger a 12-month phase-out period starting the second full quarter after that. According to Lauren McDonald at EV Adoption, three automakers are currently over 150,000 cumulative sales towards the phase-out, Toyota, Nissan, and Ford. Toyota is closest at about 190,000 qualifying vehicles through 2021 by McDonald's last estimate. Officially, Toyota Motor North America says that it will not likely reach the 200,000 unit ceiling until the latter half of 2022. The 200,000 vehicle sunset for the credit might be approaching faster than Nissan had anticipated months ago. It noted last week that the Leaf had its best February sales in eight years with a 300% boost in interest based on web traffic for its consumer site. The Leaf had reached a cumulative 165,000 sales by the end of last year, and considering the spike in Leaf sales, that that total has likely passed 170,000 and could be quickly approaching 175000 by now. The affordability of both models will be highly dependent on the EV tax credit and, to some degree, other incentives. The BZ4X from Toyota is expected to start well under $40,000, while Nissan has said that a base version of the Aria will start at around $40,000. And to the last of the three, given Ford's anticipated higher production numbers for both the Mustang Mach-E and the upcoming F-150 Lightning, It might also hit the 200,000 vehicle threshold within this year, depending on how quickly it ramps those models up and whether there are other supply issues. Of course, this could all change if Congress decides to re-up the tax credit and introduce the, the proposed changes that I have talked about on the podcast before. But for the time being, it looks like that has stalled. So if you're in the market for an EV, the best advice I could give you is either look for an affordable option in the used EV market, or if you're insistent on buying a new one, go ahead and reserve a model as soon as you can. Next, Chinese EV automakers Neo, Xpeng, and Li Auto are seeing greater numbers of deliveries even amid significant production and supply challenges. CNBC reports that the Chinese electric vehicle startups delivered more cars in March than February, even as they faced a number of challenges in the last few weeks. Chinese electric car makers are grappling with a rise in COVID cases in China, which threatens to disrupt production and deliveries while raw material costs continue to increase. That's forced several automakers in China, from Tesla to Xpeng to Li Auto, to hike the prices of their cars. Of the three that I mentioned, Xpeng delivered the most electric cars in March, 
The Guangzhou headquartered automaker said it delivered 15,414 vehicles in March, up 148% from February. For the first quarter, they delivered over 34,000 cars, which is an increase of 159% year over year. Their flagship P7 sedan exceeded 9,000 deliveries, which is a new monthly record. The auto reported a rebound in deliveries of its cars in February, but said production has been affected because of the resurgence of COVID cases in China. They delivered just over 11,000 of its Li-1 sports utility vehicle in March, up 31% from February. For the first quarter, they delivered 31,716 vehicles, an increase of 152.1% year-on-year. However, the company said that production has been affected by the shortage of certain auto parts resulting from the resurging COVID-19 cases recently in the Yangtze Delta region, which includes the area where Li Auto's factory is. Last month, they said they would increase the price of its Li One car from 338,000 Chinese yuan to 349,800 effective April 1st. Lee Auto is gearing up to release its next car, the L9 SUV, on April 16th as competition in China's electric vehicle market continues to heat up. NIO said it delivered 9,985 vehicles in March, which is up 62.8% from the previous month. The company delivered 25,768 vehicles in the first quarter of this year, which is an increase of 28.5% year over year. That was a quarterly delivery record for the electric vehicle automaker. And of the three, NEO is the only company that has yet to raise the prices of its cars. Next month, they do plan on de- debuting the new SUV called the ES7, so look forward to that one. That's all for the news this week. I do have some exciting things to share with you about what I'll be doing in the coming week, so stick around for that. This coming week is an exciting and busy week for me. I have a number of opportunities and events to attend, some of which I've been working on and excited about for some time. Just, it seems that everything seems to be happening all at once. Tuesday morning, this coming Tuesday morning, after many months of dreaming about it, I will finally have my very first experience and drive with the Rivian R1T pickup. This is not going to be, unfortunately, a situation where they give me a truck to test for the week or anything like that, But it will be my very first exposure to the EV pickup truck, and I will get as much recorded as they allow. Later on Tuesday, I will attend an event at the local BMW dealership to get a more hands-on experience with the new BMW iX SUV. I did have a brief look at the exterior in the dark the other night, so this will be a chance to get a better impression of the vehicle before driving one on Thursday, and I'll get to that in a second. Wednesday, I'm attending an event locally in Richmond where there will be a GM Bright Drop 600 delivery van on display among a lot of Ionic 5 vehicles. And I'm really excited about the Bright Drop van. It is something that uh, I didn't honestly, I didn't have it on my radar really. I mean, I knew they were building them, but I really was not anticipating having the opportunity to see one in person. So that I'm excited about. I hope they're going to let me shoot as much video uh, as I possibly can because I'm very interested about that. But then Thursday, that is when I will likely have the most amount of fun. I am going up to D.C. and participating in a BMW event where I will get to autocross both the BMW iX SUV and the i4 sedan. 
I have had a similar driving experience with the Porsche Taycan last year, so I'm really, really looking forward to this. I'm not sure they will allow me to take video or not, but if they do, I'm bringing my GoPro cameras, and of course, I'll have my phone with me. So uh, if they allow it, I expect to have a recording of the experience for sure. So it's going to be an amazing week. I am going to see four different vehicles that I've never seen before, and I am counting the iX BMW uh, in that too, even though I did have a brief walk around the vehicle the other night. But other than when I went to the DC Auto Show, I don't think I've ever had a time where I've seen so many new EVs in a short period of time. So I will do what I can to make sure that all of you get to see as much of them as possible as well. Um, that's the least I can do, right? So that is your show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to share this with your friends or anybody that you know that is interested in electric vehicles. If you do enjoy the podcast and feel like I've earned your support, head over to patreon.com slash EV resource. Tiers start at five or $10, but you can always choose a custom monthly amount. Any and all contribution is greatly appreciated as it's the only way this podcast is able to cover expenses at the moment without coming out of my personal funding. And of course, every week, I want to thank Rajiv Narayan for leading the pack at the executive producer level. Patreon is entirely optional, so I'll be doing this with or without the external support because I love EVs. I love the EV community and I am never gonna stop trying to bring as much value as I can to all of you. I've also recently teamed up with OMU, the 12 volt lithium ion batteries. If you're in the market for new 12 volt battery for your Tesla or other EV, check out the link in the show notes for a 5% discount. It's small, I know, but uh, you know, it's something. And they do throw me a couple dollars if you use the promo code EVR at checkout. So if you need a 12 volt battery anyway, go ahead and check them out. They are the longest lasting and best performing 12 volt batteries on the market. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't believe in what they're offering. I invite your feedback via email to hello at ev-resource.com. Don't forget to subscribe or follow so that you'll get the future shows delivered to you automatically. If you want to listen to any of the previous podcast shows, you can find them on the webpage under the podcast section and on many of the major podcast platforms. And of course, if you want more EV resource content, I encourage you to check out the YouTube channel as well as to sign up for the monthly magazine. The upcoming April issue should be going out this week if I find the time to do it. Uh, So look forward to that. But that is all for this podcast. So thank you so much for being with me and I'll catch you next week.